Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Have your Bibles if you turn with me, verse 21. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. Verse 21 is the story that I told the children earlier. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And Jesus went with him. And Jesus went with him. And Jesus went with him. Jarius, any of us who are a parent or a grandparent can big time identify with, when your child is sick, your whole world turns upside down. I remember the first time Jonathan got sick. Helen had gone out of town on a ladies' retreat, and he started coughing. It looked like no sooner as she got in the car and rolled out of the parking lot. And, uh, and I was in denial at first. This isn't really happening. It can't be happening. The child does not get sick when it's just the dad, because when the child gets sick, you always take it to the mom. So, uh, you know, I was starting to freak out, and then he was in full-blown croup. Uh, by that evening, and uh, I didn't get hardly any sleep that night. I was freaking out and calling the doctor and everything else and got him in the next morning. But when your child is sick, everything in your life stops until your child gets better. And in this particular case, this child had not only gotten sick, but the doctors had thrown their hands up in the air and said, nothing we can do. We've exhausted every means of medical science that we've got and we know of, and this guy was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a leader in town, so he probably had the best medical care that you could ask for. And there was nothing that they said they could do. And so this man is desperate. Now, what's interesting in this story is that he is a ruler of the synagogue. The scribes and the religious leaders of Judaism were already beginning to conspire against Jesus. So he is stepping into dangerous territory when he goes to Jesus because he is a Jewish leader who is recognized by Jewish leadership going to a man to ask for help, who is already being rejected by the Jewish leadership. And so Jarius is putting everything he's got in terms of prestige, power on the line. But you know when your kid's sick, you're willing to put just about anything on the line in order to see him get better. And so he gets to Jesus and he presses through the crowd. And notice what he does when he gets before Jesus. He doesn't engage in some nice kind of talk. He doesn't try to give him all the right theological phrases. He gets in Jesus' presence and he literally falls on his knees in front of Jesus and he says, Jesus, my daughter is sick. They don't think she's going to live. But Jesus, and I love the faith that he's got here, if you just come to my house and if you just take your hands and lay them on my daughter, my daughter is going to be okay. 
I know that, that the power that's in you, I know that the power that's in your hands, if your hands, the healing power, the divinity that's in your hands, if your hands just touch my sick daughter, that when your power and your love and your glory touch my daughter, she will be healed. That's faith. How many times in life do we really believe that if Jesus just touches this situation, it will be different? If Jesus just touches my life, He'll make a difference. If Jesus, at the hands of Jesus, can just touch what I'm dealing with, things will change. That's the power in Him. But I love what Jesus does. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't speak a word. The sentence, verse 24, and he went with him. Listen to some of those powerful things that God does in your life. He will never speak it to you. We live in a society and a culture where we are so concerned and consumed with communication. What's said? How it's said? Is it politically correct the way it's said? And we feel like we've always got to have God saying something to us. But the most powerful statements that God will make in your life often are not what He says to you. It's what He does. Don't just listen to hear a word. People have sometimes have said to me over the years, Pastor, God never speaks. But see, God doesn't just speak to us in words, his most powerful statements to us are in action. Jarius gets up off of his knees. He's waiting to see what Jesus is going to say, and Jesus doesn't say anything. Jesus just looks in the direction of Jarius' house, and he starts walking in that direction. And Jarius knows, just like that, his request has been answered. Not a word, but steps headed to his house and to his daughter. You see, what Jairus needed that afternoon in a response from Jesus was not words. He needed Jesus moving in his direction. He needed Jesus moving towards his daughter. He needed the hands of Jesus that he had just requested moving in the direction of where his daughter was, and that's exactly what he got. And folks, miracles always begin with Jesus moving in the direction of where we need the miracle. When God doesn't say anything to you, it's not because He doesn't love you. It's not because He doesn't care about you. It's not because He's decided He's not going to talk to you. It's because He is moving in your direction. You don't need a word. you got His presence. We don't need necessarily a word. We've got Him. And if His power and His glory and His hands and His heart are moving in our Direction, that's all we need. And he went with him. How many of us this morning are at a place in life that you feel alone? Alone in what you're facing. Alone in what you're dealing with. You're in a room full of people, but 
deep down on the inside, you feel alone. And His word to you this morning is, I'm going to walk with you. The touch from God, the work from God you need is simply at this place that He says, I am going to walk with you. And He went with him. Back when I was a student, headed off to Texas to start my seminary education and leaving Virginia and the family and everything I'd always known, I remember laying in the bed that morning and singing a song to myself that I periodically sang to myself and about every major challenge that I have faced in life since then. It was a song they taught me when I was the age of so many kids that were up here earlier. And the song goes this way. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. In every lonely moment of life, I have found that basic truth that I learned as a child to be the truth that I needed to live in more than any other. That Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. What Jesus said, not in words but in action that day to Jairus, is, Jairus, I love you, and I'm going to walk with you, and your daughter is going to be changed today, because I am walking with you. And wherever you are in life, He loves you, and He will walk with you. Let's pray.